You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad at Folk Alliance International in New Orleans where uh, artists uh, get an opportunity to showcase to the industry and the industry being uh, concert promoters, uh, musical directors from festivals, um, record companies and uh, a variety of others and to, to mix and meet with others in the industry and John Byrne uh, who is now based in Philadelphia but originally from Martin and Dublin uh, is here chatting with me and John is showcasing at Folk Alliance International. John, thanks a million for coming along. Ah, thanks for chatting, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. So, um, you're, you're a dub. To I am a dub, yeah. You're a transplanted <laughs> dub. Um, you're... you're um, how long have you been in the music business start out? Uh, it's funny, I, I, I always say like music's not a business, it's an art, but and I've always I've played music for a long time since I was a teenager, but I was really I've really only been in the business uh, maybe I mean maybe twenty years okay. since, I, since I started my first band and tried uh you know, had the, had the nerve to get up and start singing some songs that I wrote and, uh, you know, mixed them in with some, some Irish folk music that, that I grew up listening to and other American folk music, you know. Right. So, in the 20 years, like, you know, was that... Is your music career an American music career rather than an Irish career that came to America? It, it was it was a career that, that started here, yeah. for sure. I never, um, I never thought of playing music professionally in Ireland I mean I grew I grew up in a house where, where there was always music um, people would gather at our house and uh, you know uh, some drink would be taken out and then someone would start singing and, and next thing it would start going around the room and I think you know my earliest memories of wanting to, wanting to sing was was uh, wanting to have one song that was that was good enough to sing in front of my aunts and uncles and grandparents and all because they were they were all great they all you know they all had their had their song and they were all great singers and, and um, I just wanted to uh, be able to sing you know stand up in the in the middle of the, the room and 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 do my bit as, as well say, you know? hold, your, hold your own exactly yeah, yeah. so that that yeah. was and it wasn't until I was maybe sixteen I I only cared about sports I played Gaelic football and and soccer and. Um, and honestly, they were they were the two things I cared most about. Right. Um, singing a couple of songs was just nice, and and I think, it, you know, growing up in a family where everyone sang and and everybody was very encouraging. You know, when, no matter how good or bad you were, if you got up and sang a song, uh, you, you were given props and you, you got a big clap at the end of it. And, right. and there was something very reaffirming about that, you know. And uh, it made me not afraid to do it when I when I came here. And uh, you know, just, we just you just be in a bar where someone was singing a few Irish songs, and and if you know, you'd next to your friends be pushing you to get up and sing a song. So I had, I had a handful that I was singing, and, and and I was starting to to write as well. I always did a bit of writing, but took a bit took a bit more time before I got up and would sing my own stuff. But once once I did, um, I was off and running. I put a band together. Um, in Philadelphia, once I settled in Philadelphia, uh, which is about 20 years ago now, and um, we started we started playing out, you know, and and we were off, and, and that band was, was Patrick's Head, and we ended up making getting a really good local following, and um, the band lasted a few years, and then I um, made a solo record after the band kind of broke up. We we were with an, a, a, a label that took us down to Nashville and made a record, and. It didn't go. It didn't go very well. We'd, we'd made a few records already, and 
to varying degrees of, of success, but they all had they all had a lot of heart in them, you know. And I felt that the, the thing we were making down in Nashville had had very little heart. Right. And um, right. so I sort of pulled out of the project and came back to Philly with uh, my tail between my legs and and um, dug in and, and started the project that became my band, the John Bourne Band. And right. and uh, initially I thought it'd be a side project and. And uh, but the side project became the the full time right. project, and and so who would you say were your influences then when you were growing up? Or kind of what what would have been the the kind of stuff that you'd have got up and say? Well, I always knew like the Irish stuff, but that was sort of my dad's music or my granddad's or you know my uncles. Um, I always remember as a kid when. It was an album, uh, The Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. And it was Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynne, George Harrison, Tom Petty, and, and who am I forgetting, Roy Orbison. And uh, that was the first album that I remember like listening to that going, these are songs I can sing. And I felt like there were songs I could also, I could write. Yeah. You know, there was, there, was, there was something that definitely struck me. Um, another thing that happened when I, was a, when I was a kid, my first ever concert, and I was uh, 13 or maybe 14 but I, I grew up not far from uh, from Crow Park and you uh, 2 were playing there and Christy, right. Christy Moore was one of the opening acts right and I think the hottest the hottest flowers are first on and they came out and they were the hottest flowers were just were bursting on the scene and they were just energy and brilliant we play, I've played with them many times since and they were just phenomenal and I think the Pretenders came up next and that was great seeing the Pretenders right. you know like and then Christy Moore comes out just him and a guitar yeah. and I watched this man hold 60,000 people in the palm of his hand and I remember nothing very little anyway about you know U2 set and it was a great set it was their you know they were a great stadium band and, and I was a kid and it was brilliant but I never forgot Christy standing there with, with the guitar and, and not playing anything fancy not yeah. there was no there was no you know no jumping around no jumping around no finger picking like it no. was just it was just him strumming and, and the song being front and centre and and every song he picked, whether he wrote it or not, was uh, was just was perfect, you know. Right. And, and, the, and the crowd just like edited up. I I, I, cu- I couldn't believe that the, you know every other band that got up that day was a big, loud band full of full of you know multi instrumental yep. you know. Yep. And uh, and th- that was a that was a, that was definitely a moment. It's a moment I, I I still often think back to when I get like I'm, I'm down here by myself. I don't have any any of the band with me. So and that always makes that still makes me a little bit nervous because I had this great six-piece band and we're very tight and we're very well rehearsed and so then when it's just me on a, on a you know playing by myself it, yeah. you get that oh it's not going to sound as good because I don't I, you know we're not going to have the fiddle solo and the banjo solo and my trumpet player's not here and my, you know, my guitar player's not here but I, I always think back to, to Christy Moore standing on that stage in Crow Park yeah. Yeah. strumming the six chords that he knew and, and it was <laughs> it was made no bones that, that was that was what he played you know yeah. and um and just because the, the the song was front and center and it was a and what you're saying you were what, about 13 then when yeah when yeah that had been a problem oh uh, like eight, what, 87 or 14 eight, like 80, 14 15 it's like around 87 88 um, so we're looking at uh, 30, 31 32 years yeah yeah, yeah. So the only reason is that because Christy still does the same thing I know yeah yeah it's like 31 32 years later Christy goes same. out and yeah. Yeah, he and might have Declan Senna with him right. but he still goes out and there's 
the, the Christie on the chair with the black t-shirt and mm. the guitar. And, the, and, the, and, the, and like I said, the, the song is front and centre. I actually sent some songs several years ago to Christie. Just, just send him a couple of songs. It, w- yeah. it wasn't even like a here you should record these. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Although that would be, <laughs> that would be, that would be wonderful. But he got back to me. I mean, right away, within a couple of days, got back and and uh, you know was very encouraging and and lo- liked the production and liked the liked how the the song was front and center and yeah. and it was you know meant a lot. So it, you know you hear some stories about Christy being you know he can be a bit you know I don't know. Have shouted yet? They're all stories. Yeah, I know. Like, and, it, and it's a. I, he he got he got right back to me. Someone who he wouldn't have known from Adam, you know. Right, right. And, um, fantastic. So you would say it's obvious that you would consider Christy a major influence. I, I would, but not not as a writer, but, no, just, but just just as yeah, a performer, a, a performer, someone who 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 could just stand up there and and just powerfully deliver a song right. that, and, and, and you knew that you know again most of the songs he sings he didn't write but he but he lived every word of it and you hear him singing a Shane McGowan song or you hear him singing a Dominic Bean song or yeah. Bobby Sands and it's it's, it's um, he is channeling that song you know and it's a, it's a thing of beauty you know like I, I'm a huge fan of it, it, my, my the album the first solo album I put out was, was called After the Wake and at the time I was listening I was, I was really listening to a lot of, of uh, Planksty and listening to the way Planksty um, put songs together the sort of all the, the intertwining melodies and I know that wasn't it was very different from what Christy would do by himself but um, I, was, I fell in love with that and, and that when I went to the, the, the fellow who ended up producing the record for me I made him listen to all these old Planksty songs even though what I was writing songs in a more Americana style um, I, wa- I wanted that feel I wanted that feel where, where the, 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 the instruments were just, were just working around um, supporting the song supporting a melody and, and a message and, and, um, and, uh, and again Christy of course was, was part of Planksty you know yeah. um, so, so then when you launched the, the, your career on this side in Philadelphia and um, you're in and out 20 years how have you found um, the transition in a way you know and by that I mean you know we grew up in an ethos you grew up in an ethos mm-hmm. I grew up in an yeah. ethos you come over here and you're not quite a fish out of water but you're not what you're not the same and yet you're performing to a, a, an audience and you don't want to get into the Irish thing in one way and yeah. yet it's, it's it's there, like yeah. it's you know. Pe- I think people assume because I'm Irish, they go, "Oh, you you must play Irish music," and, yeah. and I and I I do. You know, I mean, I, I love singing Irish music. I don't necessarily write songs that are in that that genre. When I came over, I started singing Irish songs because it was a quick way of getting a gig. Right. It was a quick way of getting a gig in an Irish pub. Um, what shocked me, I think, was that the songs that that I knew were not the songs that were expected of me on stages over here and that that was strange and and I think it took me a little while there, there was there was times when I was not not necessarily angry but I just I wouldn't play the songs I wanted I didn't know Danny Boy when I came over here like I couldn't I, I knew of it yeah but Danny Boy was I mean even even my dad would have considered that 
himself too young to be singing Danny Boy. Right, you right. know, it was a, that was an old maudlin, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is a beautiful song. I've, sin, I've since learned it. I, I volunteer with, a, with an organization called Musicians on Call, where you, you play music in, in uh, hospitals, and, and um, they, they were sending me to the, the VA hospice in, in West Philly. And, uh, and I knew as soon as I went there, I was like, I'm going to have to learn Danny Boy, you know. Yeah. And, and, and the, first pers- the first room I went into, heard I was Irish, and I said, could you sing me Danny Boy? And I said, of course I can. Yeah. And I acted like I'd known it all my life. I'd yeah. learned it like earlier that week. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. so there, there was, it, it was strange to me because we, you know, our house was very much a, a Dubliner's house, a Luke Kelly. Like, so, right. so yeah, I yeah. would, so I would sing, you know, Monto and Raglan Road and, and a, you know, a lot of the, the Dubliner songs were, yeah. were my, that was my canon. You know, that was my Irish music canon. Not so much of the political stuff, which, which I found people wanted much more over here. And I think yeah. that maybe is a, you know, distance creates that, um, I guess, romanticism about what went on. But, you know, I, you know, grew up in, in you know, as a teenager in, like, the, the late 80s and 90s. And, and the, the troubles were not, were not romanticized back home. It was, it was terrible, you know. And um, terrible things were happening on a, on a daily and weekly basis. And I was surprised that, that the, 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 the Rebel songs were the, were the ones that were most requested over here. And then a few strange ones too, like the, the Unicorn song. Oh, of course, oh. the Irish Rovers were big. Yeah. They had, had their own TV show. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I knew nothing of the Unicorn song. Right. And I, rem- I do remember the first gig I played in a, in a, in a pub in Philly and these two women coming up and asking me for the unicorn song and I said I have no idea what you're talking about and they couldn't they couldn't wrap their heads around the fact that I didn't know the unicorn song they start to, and they, there's a dance that goes with it I don't know if you've ever seen it but they do the, 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 the alligator and they start doing that and singing it and, and I'm just <laughs> like I have no idea I'm so sorry you know um, I, I, I then I, I think the, my my uh, I, I went away from playing Irish music then for, for quite a while wild because because I didn't like what I was being asked to play I, I, I didn't like the, the expectations that were on me if I wanted to play Irish music and, and, and at the same time I needed to start say, I was writing all these songs I was stockpiling them but I was probably 23 or 24 before I had the confidence to to, to sing them, you know, right. like I, I start even slipping them in, not even telling people they were mine. You know, you right. slip them in and they go, I hope they don't notice that this one's crap. You know. <laughs> so, when you like, one of the things that I always strikes me is, like, do you go, do you get to go back to Ireland regularly? I go back a lot, yeah, yeah. Because I think what you're talking about when you say about the Danny Boy, one of the things I've noticed is particularly, I want to say, our generation, but some of our generation and previous generations tended to stay in Ireland from the day they left. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I, I think that's... I think that still happens. I think know? it's less so. Like, I think it's easier to stay current. Mm. I think it's easier um, to, to because of streaming, because of the internet, yeah. etc. And because travel is easy. But yeah. I think that certainly earlier generations, the clock stopped. Right, and you come twenty years later, and what they're looking for is from before their talk. That's stopped. a good. That's a good point. Um, I, I, I was almost thinking of it in terms of, of people moving over here and 
never really leave and they, they sort of settle in with other Irish people and they only work with other Irish people yeah. and, they, and they, they, they remain very very insular you know yeah. and I guess that gets passed on then um, but that's a, it gets locked in yeah, time yeah exactly and, and, yeah. And, and in a way compartmentalised and what has happened the growth that has happened right you know because um, I know you're very familiar with Aslan oh yeah yeah, yeah. brilliant brilliant yeah, yeah. but you know I could mention Aslan to so many people and they wouldn't have True. I know. And Aslan had two careers. I mean, Aslan were... And Cordeline the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a whole wealth. But the top stop. Right. So the challenge for someone who is in what is a vibrant, progressive um, environment is that the audience in many times are the ones that are trying to right. pull you back. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's happened. We we got hired by a, by one of the casinos in Atlantic City to play an Irish show. Um, this was a few years ago, and, and and around March we do a ton of Irish shows. You know, I mean, when we're out on the road and we travel all over the country, all over America, we're mostly playing original stuff. We'll we'll sprinkle in an, an Irish song or a cover. You know, but. Um, I never, I never want to go and tour just playing Irish music because I can do that. I can stay in Philly and New York and, and do that till I'm blue in the face. But they, they hired us and they, they sent us the set list that, that we were going to play. Now they were paying as well, so I was like, okay, you know. But it was, it was Danny Boy, Irish eyes are smiling. Take you home again, Kathleen. All, all, all though. Yeah, 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 Mountains of Morn. Yeah, I mean all, all that stuff and and. And I think, I mean, and a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it goes back to the Clancy Brothers too, um, who I think, like anybody who's playing music, I playing Irish music in America, owes their career to the Clancy Brothers. For, for, for however you think about them, they were absolutely the the they they threw down the gauntlet and and they they left those songs there for anyone coming afterwards to to sing and and and. Um, but, but you're right when you say that that, that it might it, for a lot of people it ended there you know yeah. like it, didn't, it didn't go beyond it like, like even like, like a band like Planksy yeah. who just oh I I, I, have, I have no words to describe how beautiful I think their music is you know it's, it's, it's just incredible and, and bands that did similar things after Stockton's Wing and, and um, I mean even the Pogues I mean you'd, sometimes you know you'll, you'll play a, you'll, you'll like play some Pogues stuff is phenomenal but absolutely phenomenal you know yeah. I mean it's, it's um, my band actually we, we do a little Pogues tribute thing that we, that we break out a, a, a few times a year and it's, um, and it's fun we did it we did it for his uh, we did it for a show of four or five years ago where we learned two hours of, of Pogues songs and did them at, at, a, at a venue in, in Philly and, it, and we had a blast doing it you know right. and uh, so we, we said well we're not going to throw them away you know like they're, they're there and, and we break it out um, you know four or five times a year and make, right. it, make an event out of it and, yeah. but, it's, but it's very niche like it's very it's very much a niche it's not it doesn't attract the Irish community so much you know it attracts a it, it attracts a a, a a folk community and it actually attracts like a punk like you know a punk community more than it attracts the the uh, the, the settled Irish American kind of community you know so would you say the settled Irish American is influenced by PBS specials and what I'm talking about here are um, Celtic Woman and Daniel uh, O'Donnell and Daniel O'Donnell yeah. and the, the tenors and yeah uh, I mean 
there's still a market for that, you know. Oh, and there's, and there's the nothing there. There's the nothing market. wrong with, with what they're but, doing. But you know. Does that then mean that you you turn up the John Burton band comes and that's uh, there's an Irish band coming in. Uh, oh yeah, well you know can you play this because that Daniel does that. Or yeah, yeah. I mean it's. We don't try and do that. I know. There's a handful of those songs that we do. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's songs I love. I love Wild Mountain Time. Like, I think that's a, just a right. stunning. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, it's a Scottish folk song, but it's, you know, that's definitely on, the, on, the, on that canon. It's on that list. And, um, but, yeah, that, that, that exists. You know, um, I don't know that that the popularity of that will ever go away you know maybe, maybe it'll eventually die out but, but well it's but not it's a bad it's a good and a bad like it's yeah. like everything it's a double edged sword it is and you, you you know I don't I don't feel the need to, to, to break that down to in order for for maybe for Irish music or Irish influenced right. writers to, to to be able to move on I think you know, people for, people forget the amount of the, the variety of music that comes from Ireland. You know, people do forget about the Tim Lizzy and Rory Gallagher and and U you, two you and, yeah. and all the all the bands. You know, yeah. I mean the Hot House Flowers. Talk about like some of the just amazing soul music from from guys who speak fluent Gaelic and can play Irish instruments as well as anybody. You know, um, I, I got to I got to do some shows with. Uh, with Finbar Fury, our, uh, our, our show and show in Philly with, with Finbar Fury um, uh, four or five years ago, and, and hanging around with him afterwards, and we hung around for a while. Uh, we had, a, we had a few drinks and, and I mean I let him talk because you know I'd, I'd ask him a question and he'd give me a, a 30 minute answer you know and it was absolutely fascinating because he's in that too he's, he's, he's a legend but at the same time he's, he didn't fall into the 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 cliches that, that some of the others, you know, might have fallen into. I remember going to a show years ago, it was called The Legends of Irish Folk, and it was uh, uh, Liam Clancy, Ronnie Drew, Finbar Fury, and Paddy Riley. Right. And Finbar Fury, I mean, the rest of them had great personalities. They were funny, they were well-rehearsed bits before each song, and it was, a, it was the only time I ever saw Ronnie Drew live, so that was, it was I'm delighted I got to see him. And, um, but Finbar got up and played the Illin Pipes and it was incredible. And he just sang a song. They didn't have the he didn't have the you know, the 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 charming stories to go before the songs like right. like, like Liam had and, and, and Ronnie had, but but he was he up there and, and you know and, and, and every time he sings that song, uh, the old man right. I, yeah. I it, that's that's one of those songs that I even think about it, and I'm, and I'm well enough. You know, it's like, like it's beautiful, but you won't see that. You know, you won't see that on the in in the that sort of like I said that canon of Irish songs that no, that no, will no. be on the PBS specials and just like will be. Um, so down, while you're here now, have you uh, a busy schedule? Are you, how many? Fairly busy. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing about seven showcases altogether. Right. I think. Right. And. Um, my manager has a room, uh, Lou, Lou DeMarco, momentary love, and he's, he's got a room. I'm in there a couple of times, and and then yeah, just some of the random. I was a little bit late getting on the, getting my my uh, 
my uh, name out for some of the rooms. We made the record. The record that we just put out, the Shiver in the Sky, came out in, in November. Nice. So we were we were up to our eyeballs getting that finished, and then of course when you get the album finished, you're really only halfway there. Like that's that's when all the the promo starts and right. trying to get it out to anybody who'll give it a listen, give it a yeah. spin, and, and I appreciate you, you know. Um, so, have you ever been at, like an anything like this before? I've, I've only I've been at this. This is my tour time at, at Folk Alliance, and I'm feeling more comfortable now. It's still. I'm not. I'm not great at, uh, at just like networking. I wish I was better at it. I. I, I I'm much more comfortable on a stage. I can be comfortable on a stage in front of as many people as as there are. You know, right. in front of eight people or eighty thousand people, I'm happy on a stage because I know what I'm doing. I've rehearsed yeah. everything that I'm doing up there. And, you know, at, at some of these kind of things, you're you're sort of you're left you're left loose. You know, so it's a, it's a little more nerve-wracking in some ways. But and they're challenging. It is challenging. Yeah. It is challenging. And you, you know, you're going to run from room to room and and play. Like I'll, I'll be. You know, I've got a like three showcases tonight um, you know each one is I think half an hour long or yeah. so and you, 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 you do one and you, you pack up and you run to the next room and sometimes you're doing the same set because you've, you know, you've, you've, honed, you've honed in that 25 minute set now, so. just so the listener can get a sense of this you said you have three showcases tonight I think that's kind of a little bit of misrepresentation. You have three showcases in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> now, would you kind of just to give an, what time are your three showcases? Uh, I've one at half eleven. Okay. One at tonight. not bad. One at half twelve. That's not too bad. Not too bad. And then one at a quarter to two. And uh, this is this is my earliest night. I actually flew in last night, and we landed about ten o'clock. And I'm staying. We're staying with friends out in uh, the, the Bywater area of, of New Orleans. It's yeah. a little bit. It's about a 15-minute drive from where we're located. We're like right in the heart of things here. Um, and I got down here and I actually played a showcase at 20 past two. <laughs> And I was knackered. I got, I got in. But I was playing with the. Uh, 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 I was splitting the showcase at a band called uh, Osog, who are from uh, Israel, and absolutely phenomenal. I met them. I met them at the Philadelphia Folk Festival. My band was playing at the Philly Folk Festival, and, and they were playing as well. And um, they both were both represented by the same management company. So we. Um, I went to their. I went to their set, and they were absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's just. It's a. Um, it's Americana. It's it's got Irish influence. It's got it's got the wonderful like you know it's got like an Eastern European feel to it as well, and it's right. um, it's brilliant. And in some ways, I mean they, they they use percussion and everything, but in some ways reminds me of the uh, of, of the planks or, or the what's it the mosaic? Have you ever, have you ever listened to the mosaic? Oh, yeah. And the, uh, yeah. One, another and the airline project. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. But very heavily influenced by like Eastern Europe. So there's some there's like, elements of that, um, but just great tunes. So we we play and um, we were kind of going back and forth you know song for song and and by my second song they were joining in with me and, and it was it was um, it was really it was very very joyous you know right. and I it lifted me because I, I definitely got to the room about one o'clock in the morning and I was thinking there's no way <laughs> you know but it, but it, it's still I mean it's still hopping you, you'd think nobody would be there but the, the room was full and and um, you know, you're, like you said, you're playing for people who are running house concert series. You're playing for people who are running festivals, who are who are booking particular regions of the country, and and you have to remember that you have to just get up and and do your job. And job yeah, anyway. it, it very much is. You know, like yeah. you yeah. try and try and dress like you know what you're doing, and and. Uh, 
act like you know what you're doing and get out and play your songs and so John where can people find you on the web on the web it's johnburnband.com right. and yeah. are you on Facebook yeah uh, there's, there's a John there's an official like John Byrne band one uh, also you'll, you'll find me easily enough John Byrne it, it, and I think there's links on the website to, to all the all the social media the Twitter and Instagram yeah, all, all the things you have to be on and, and we're on our albums are on all the um, all the streaming platforms right, right, Pandora right. Spotify so we get our we get our 800s of a cent every time you click on a song okay. there <laughs> well John thanks a million it's been, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah really thanks so much thank I you. really appreciate and, it and uh, we're looking forward to sharing your music with the listeners as well oh that, that's that's warms my heart thanks so much